Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Well, good morning again to all of you and a huge congratulations to Ellen and Ruth and Gary and Suzanne. Should we give them another cheer? I don't know about you, but I absolutely love these baptism services. There's something about uh, baptism, watching all of you go under this water and come up that just speaks of God's heart. His heart that he loves this world, that he loves all of you, and that he wants to redeem and make new and cleanse and restore and resurrect this world and everything in it. Because God's heart for us and for this world is that we would live in a relationship with him. And that's what all of you were talking about as you shared your testimonies. But the reality is we know that not everyone does. And part of what it means for God to love this world is that he has given us what we would call free will. Because actually it wouldn't be true love if he didn't. And free will means that you and I have the choice. We can decide how we live our lives, what we do. And of course, many choose to live independently from God. And this is really the story of Scripture that we read from the very beginning in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve walked away from God and they went their own way. But it was really interesting, Gary, sort of listening to your story because I was thinking that, you know, history shows again and again and again and again that however much we as humanity try and find answers in wealth or success or fame or possessions or even human relationships, somehow those things, and that was part of, I'm sure, all of your stories, doesn't quite satisfy, doesn't bring us true fulfillment And so we end up with this craving, this need, this desire for something more. Many people that we would know, and maybe you're one of those sat here today, will realize that there's something missing in our lives, but we can't quite articulate it. Or perhaps we just don't really like to admit it. And I was watching the news yesterday, and some of you will have seen this, and I'm really struck by... Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, I mean, here's two men who have everything that the world could offer, and more, we might say, and yet it's not enough. So here they are, searching for answers beyond this world, and any of you who read the news yesterday would see that didn't go very well for Elon Musk. (laughs) But the video that you would have seen is stirring something within us called curiosity, And actually, we are curious. We're created to be curious, to ask questions and search. But the question is, where are we searching and what questions are we asking? What we heard in each of your four testimonies this morning is that without God, life is actually quite hollow and meaningless. But with God we find true peace 
and purpose and fulfillment. And our candidates, as you heard, asked a series of questions that Natalie was asking them about them turning back to God. And the Bible calls that repentance, as we turn away from sin, which is that walking away from God, and we turn back to God. But actually, we can't be reconciled with God just through our own doing. And so we come to Mark chapter 1. And uh, if you're here today and you uh, don't really know much of this Christian faith and you've never really opened a Bible, well, can I suggest that you go home and read Mark's Gospel? It is fast-paced, it's action-packed, and you can read it in less than two hours. And through these words, you will meet with Jesus. But before we get to Jesus, there's a, a, there's a drum roll that goes on here in Mark's Gospel, a, a build-up, an introduction. We read in verse 1 about the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah. And sometimes Jesus, as you know, is called Jesus Christ. But uh, against much misunderstanding, Christ is not his surname. <laughs> it is a title. Along with Messiah, it means the anointed one. Jesus is the promised saviour, and as we've just been praying, he is God in human form who came to this earth to take all of our sin, the sin of all humanity, upon himself on the cross, so that as we turn to him, we would know that washing clean that you as candidates have just been through, that cleansing and restoration and renewal that comes symbolically through baptism. And ultimately, so we would know what humanity needs perhaps more than anything else in our lives, which is forgiveness for our burdens to be taken from us so that we can walk freely in relationship with God, our Father in heaven. This is the good news of Jesus. And this good news about Jesus came into the world through a messenger. We read about, about him here in Mark chapter 1. His name is John the Baptist. And we read that he came out of the wilderness. And John is truly wild. I'd like to think that Bear Grylls inspired himself... <laughs> reading about John the Baptist. If you think Christianity and church and faith are all these rather neat, packaged, sanitized, well-organized, neatly dressed people living faultless lives, read the Bible. It's messy and gritty, but through it is this seam of amazing grace. And so we read about John the Baptist wearing clothes made of camel hair and he was eating locusts and wild honey. Anyone up for that? <laughs> Just Natalie. <laughs> Brilliant. Dan, can you bring out the locusts? And the... <laughs> you may not clearly fancy eating wild locusts and a diet of honey as well, although we'd probably rather the honey, but we are called to be like John the Baptist, to be messengers and this message has been passed down through the generations throughout history 
from one generation to the next. And very briefly, I want to tell you that today, the 19th of November, is a significant day not just because you have been baptized, but for these reasons. On this day, the 19th of November, in 1530, a man called William Tyndale, who first translated the Bible, the New Testament, into English, watched as one of these New Testaments was burnt outside St. Paul's Cathedral. And it began a movement that put the Bibles that we now have in the hands of every man, woman, and child in this nation, that has shaped our culture and our politics and, and our education and every aspect of our, our nation, including our laws. On this day, the 19th of November, 1621, John Donne, the great poet, was appointed as the dean of St. Paul's Cathedral, standing in that awesome building as he declared this message. And on this day, the 19th of November in 1779, the man who wrote the hymn that you, Gary, spoke about, Amazing Grace, John Newton, the one who was a slave trader and became a preacher and the writer of those words, Amazing Grace, stood up at St. Mary's Church in London and gave this life-giving message for the first time. The same message that John the Baptist passed on, repent and be baptised. John went on to baptise Jesus in the River Jordan, marking the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And we read in Mark's Gospel that as Jesus came up out of that water, that he saw heaven open and the Spirit of God descending on him, and he heard the voice of God saying these words, You are my Son, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. And this marks the beginning of God's redeeming work in this world. To redeem something means to get it back at a price. And God wants all of humanity back in relationship with him. To walk with him in our daily lives, to trust him, to surrender our lives to him as our candidates have declared today. And the price that was paid was the life of Jesus as he took all our sin upon himself. God wants to redeem more than that. He wants to redeem broken relationships in families and marriages. He wants to redeem brokenness in this world that we read about through war and injustice. He wants to redeem broken bodies through ill health. He wants to redeem broken lives and broken people, drawing us into his great saving work through Jesus, the Messiah. And it all began here in the River Jordan with a wild man wearing camel hair and eating locusts. And actually your baptisms today, as you went under this water and were brought back up again, it's one of those moments when our lives intersect with Scripture. As we almost pass through these pages 
and enter into the great story of God's saving work in history. Baptism, I always say, is an outward sign of an inner reality. That's what you were describing as we, you went under this water. It's an outward sign of that washing that is, as you testified, has gone on and going on in your individual lives. As you die to sin, rise again out of the waters, forgiven, cleansed, and made new. And as you come up out of these waters, just like the Lord, God wants to say to you today, you are my daughter, you are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. And so we celebrate with the candidates today that they have been able to stand here and declare their faith to turn back to God. But perhaps more than that, we celebrate God's saving hand in your lives. His amazing grace that in spite of ourselves and all the mistakes that we make in our lives, God is gracious, he is loving, and he will never ever give up on you and me. His goodness goes on forever. So I'm going to lead us in a short prayer. and We're going to then stand again and praise God for his goodness, for his amazing grace. Maybe if you're able, can I invite you to stand, please? And I just want to give an opportunity for, it might just be one of you here today, to turn to your creator and just as the candidates have to receive him as your heavenly father through Christ our saviour and so Lord we begin by wanting to just say sorry and we can all pray this prayer silently in our hearts we say sorry for our sin that we've walked away from you for the things that we've done that are not in line with your will for our relationship with you. And today we want to say thank you for your amazing grace that you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to this earth. That as we turn to him, as we put our trust in him, we can find eternal life and forgiveness for our sins. And I encourage you, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, then turn to him now and say, I declare you as my Lord and Savior, and I trust in you. And so, Lord, we finish by praying, please pour out your Holy Spirit afresh upon us, upon each of the four candidates, upon their family and friends here today, and upon each of us, that, Lord, we would know what it means to live in true freedom, that we are no longer slaves, but that we walk freely as your sons and daughters, sons and daughters of the living God. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.